California, yeah. So Northern California, so where uh, Napa and Sonoma is, so wine country. <laughs> oh, wine country, very nice. I was in California a couple of years ago, only for a day. <laughs> I yeah. was doing the Vegas trip. We go up there okay. for the night and come back down. It's my <laughs> only trip to America. So, gotcha. And um, my guest today actually is episode thirty-one of Training Thought and Truth, and um, the podcast is called that because training is the physical, thought is the mental, and truth is the spiritual. And it's kind of dentary strengths. And usually I talk to the guests about them three aspects and ask them, mm -hmm. you know, where they stand on they, these three aspects. So um, anyway, my guests today, Chris and Eric Martinez, the two brothers who are fitness business professionals, uh, the dynamic duo, as uh, that's the nickname, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, then first, like, I'd actually like to hear a little bit about your backstory. You're saying you're, you were raised in California. Yeah. So thanks so much for having us on, Anthony. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure like the listeners that are watching the video, they're going to see like how big our eyebrows are and they take up the whole screen pretty much. Uh, so I'm looking forward to delivering value to everybody and just, you know, making this fun as well too. But uh, yeah, just to give you a little background about our story, born and raised in um, California. So right like 45 minutes out of San Francisco, uh, it's called Sonoma County, Santa Rosa, beautiful place. And I want to take you guys, I want to take your listeners back to like what happened to us when we were uh, 18 years old. So we grew up in a really picture perfect uh, life with our family. Our father was a uh, prison guard at San Quentin State Prison. So he was really, really tough on us. He always instilled discipline, education. So we learned a lot of that work ethic from him. And he unfortunately passed away, you know, three days before Christmas in a car accident, he fell asleep behind the wheel. And like I said, we were 18 years old. And um, literally, we got a knock on the door at three in the morning, right before Christmas. And you know, it was a chaplain and a, and a police officer. And that's not a good combination at that hour. So I thought I was in a nightmare waking up. But I remember seeing my mom on the floor screaming. And I just I knew it wasn't a nightmare. It was the reality of it. And they said that he had passed away and just felt he fell asleep and died. So right then and there, our entire life was just flipped up like a 360 upside down. Three months after that, my mom's mom uh, passed away due to cancer. So I feel like like we lost part of our mom because she was going through so much grief, you know, losing her husband and her mother. So she ended up turning to alcohol, to antidepressant pills. And given Chris and I were just barely just graduating high school, we were kids, you know, like we were very lost. We didn't um, have anybody. All we had was ourselves. So we went through a lot of dark times. We got in trouble with like the law. We, we started drinking heavily ourselves. And awe, what really got us out of that was fitness, you know, going to the gym, taking our anger and grief on the, uh, the iron, just really just, you know, just letting that all out and seeing body compositional changes, really just getting into the nutritional aspect of stuff. And we hired our first mentor, Dr. Lane Norton at the age of 24. And we had the, the pleasure of being guided under him, his mentorship, seeing everything that he did with online coaching. So this was very early on about, you know, 11, 10, 11 years ago when online coaching barely took off. And we just studied everything he did. We were like a sponge. And after that, we learned all his methods and we we're like, look, there's two of us. We had gotten a lot of our, uh, you know, credits and uh, certifications like CPT, masters in uh, sports nutrition, CSCS. So we're like, 
let's build our business. And we did that with um, uh, Dynamic Duo Training, helping you know, people all around the world customize programs. And we did that for many years, scaled that business to multiple six figures. And in the last four years, we actually pivoted to B2B coaching, helping fitness pros and personal trainers do the same thing. So that's our business now, Dynamic Duo, excuse me, Dynamic Fit Pros. So that's, that's kind of a, some context on our story. Wow. I'm very sorry to hear that. First of all, but um, thank you. Today's story, though, it's amazing that you found an avenue through all that as well. And like, you obviously must have some some mental strength and spiritual strength and all to get through something like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long, long journey. <laughs> yeah. And you, you were the guys who first kind of came into, well, really, like your book um, is kind of after figuring out that most people are doing this the wrong way. Would it be right in saying that? Because I could see from your YouTube videos, you have videos from seven, eight years ago of doing, you know, certain deadlifts and different roles and stuff like that. But then you took a different direction and decided to fix what was broken almost. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, exactly. That, that's kind of what we talk about with our FitPro students is like uh, just the broken model that the fitness, fitness industry has, which is, you know, in-person training, right? I mean, in-person training is great, but at the end of the day, it's a broken business model because it's not scalable. There's only one of you and you can only literally train people at most like 60 hours a week, you know? So just psychologically, you're burnt out. Physically, you're burnt out. Emotionally, you're burnt out. And it leaves you no room to sit there and be able to have time freedom or, you know, scale your business and, you know, spend the time with like your loved ones and do the things you truly want. So that's what we really teach is the hybrid training model of building the online business, you know, with it in person, if you still want to stay with that, or if you want to go hundred percent online, that's totally fine too. But there has to be now, especially with the pandemic. I mean, there's no choice anymore. Like you have to have an online component, you know? So that's kind of like what we really, really like stand by and we're unapologetic about. Yeah. And, you know, the tricky thing is, like, I myself, I'm a personal trainer as well, only from, from this year. And I find it tough because, you know, you have this, sometimes when you're breaking into that from, an, say, I have already two kids. So it's different if you just came out of college, you went straight into it, maybe if you had no commitments. But I have a full-time job. And then in the evenings, I have also a four-month-old baby and a seven-year-old. And then I, after the full-time job, I disappear every day for a few hours. And, and it's hard to, you know, be very, um, what would you say? You couldn't just walk away from your full-time job and do that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get to, well, you could, but you, you know, you'd have to really go through, you wouldn't know where to start if it wasn't for mentors and, and things like that help yeah. out there, you know? And um, so it can be difficult to go in and it's saturated once, you know, you might have an idea setting up a personal training, but there's a guy around the corner that does the same and you have to compete with that guy. And do you have something that they don't have? It's a lot to think about, isn't it? You can't just lex on a pair of runners and say, look, you know, throw me a tenner and I'll, I'll meet you around the corner, you know? Yeah. 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 And I was going to say really quick, I mean, that's why if you're going to get into this, you know, career, like we, we've seen a lot of, you know, fit pros where, you know, they're, they're halfway in, you know, they're not a hundred percent in. And I think we just looked something up too online about like the churn rate of like personal trainers. I think it was like 70%. So that's not a good thing, right? So people get in this industry, they either try to make a quick buck or they think it's going to be easy or they truly just don't love it, you know, and the churn rate just goes down really quick, you know? So it's like, if you're going to get in this industry again, like you have to be prepared that it's, it's a longer game than you think. And it is a lot of work, but it's very fulfilling. I think it is one of the best jobs out there because if you're serving and you're transforming people's lives, not just physically, but just all the other things on there, but you have to really be prepared to like invest in yourself and hire a business coach because you're not taught that through textbooks. You're not taught that through certification programs. And you have to understand the business side of things because if you don't, you're going to get crushed by the other people that do know the business side of things. They, they know how to do social media, know how to market themselves, know how to sell, know how to position themselves as the authority, know how to speak their message, know how to use their story to do attractive marketing. So it's a lot of things that you've got to know, you know, and having your tool belt as, as a fitness professional going into 2021. Yep. Yeah. And I think the, the, the fine line there is you can, sometimes you can feel you can overdo it and other times you're you want to be as authentic as possible as well, don't you? You know, you don't want to be ramming it down people's throats, but at the same time, you want to find the balance. I think it's difficult. What's well, difficult for someone like me trying to find the balance between, you know, not overdoing it. And, you know, you can see a lot of false advertisements on Instagram now or, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook yeah. and fake photos and things like that. And you're trying to not cram it down people's throats, but at the same time say, this is what I could offer. And genuinely, like the reason I got into it, because, the reward factor as well, you know, when you're helping people out, I, I drive to work in the morning, it's my other job. I see like someone running out in the morning and kind of, that's the feeling I get, go on, you can do it, you yeah. know, and that's when, like, <laughs> this is the path I need to go down maybe, you know, but you know what I want to delve back into though, 
who out of out of the two of you, you're only two brothers. Is there any any other siblings? We have an older brother. He's five years older. Oh yeah, not a fitness fanatic. No, 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 <laughs> no. Which one of you two was the first one to say? Hey, let's let's go to the gym today or you know what i mean who got who into it or what happened there? that's a good question that's a great question i mean we we always grew up as like uh you know playing sports so um our father got us into soccer right also probably known as football over there and um after that we started playing basketball which we fell in love with so we were always very into like ath- uh, you know athletics and stuff like that what i don't know what really drew us to the weight room i do i think it was just like you know we need to put on some muscle we want to get some girls <laughs> yeah. i don't know what it was yeah. um so yeah, but after that, we just fell in love with it. You know, you start seeing some changes, you gain more confidence. And then back then we were reading through like uh, magazines, like bodybuilding magazines. So it's just, it's funny thinking back, you know, to, the, to those days. Yeah, you get, you get the bug for these things, don't you as well? Like, oh, yeah. Everyone says you, don't, you won't get the bug. Like, I, know I thought it, I never, I never did running until last year. I was always like lifting weights and, um, and I was happy with that. But then I started running, got the bug for that and then trying to mix it all together. But you do, like, it's, it's funny. It's hard to get up motivated out of the couch. But once you get going two or three times in a week, that's it. You're in. You're sunk. Yeah. You know? And it's amazing. It's because of the rewards as well. It's like a benefit Absolutely. on top of it. Um, you personally, like, over the years, what are, like, your kind of own big fitness challenges? Have you had, like, big races or big stuff you had to overcome, injuries or anything like that? that um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say – I've had one of the worst injuries uh, this one year ago, and it's just literally it's right around the corner of that year. And um, uh, I tore all the cartilage and some tendons and almost tore my Achilles in my right foot just playing basketball, a pickup game. And never would I have imagined that it it was that severe in in the recovery process. I, I would have never imagined that. I would never wish that on my worst enemy to have that type of injury because it's been mentally, you know, battling and just physically and Thank God I'm almost there, you know, after multiple like, um, you know, PRP injections, I had to do a stem cell, um, you know, procedure. It's been a long haul. So I'm almost there, but I I just, it's still there. You know what I mean? So that's been a really, really big one. And one thing that we did too, back in uh, seven years ago, we actually did a a natural bodybuilding contest, which that was actually fun because back then we were actually helping, you know, uh, people do that as well. Both men and women do contest preps and stuff and shows. So we felt like we had to sit there and and walk the walk and take action. So that was a hell of a process. Uh, Not, not my cup of tea where I would ever do that again, but definitely it was, it was a rewarding, you know, journey and experience. (laughs) Well, you know, the whole thing with the the bodybuilding side of things where you're seeing um, the competitions where you have to look physically as peak as you can, like I know a lot of people that listen that lift a lot of weights and, and, and want to, everyone knows aims for that body, but they aim for it while they're working their full-time job and while they're trying to pack their lunch into their suitcase, you know, go to work. Um, so it, it's, is it nearly impossible to get that while having a full-time job and a full family lifestyle, you know? Like, because you can see, like we all want to, you know, we go running, we lift weights, we're all aiming for that in a way, aesthetically, you know, because that's the mm-hmm. picture of health you think in your mind. But them guys you see competing, you know, and they go through severe water cuts and all, don't they? And severe diets to get to that edge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say it's impossible. Like if like that's the case, I mean, but man, you have to be super selfish, you know, during that time period, like whatever the the length of the, the prep is and, there's no shorter like contest prep than anything from like 16 weeks, you know, 20 weeks that can go from like 30 plus weeks. Right. So you got to be super selfish. I mean, you have to be super disciplined and structured during that time. And if you have a family, I mean, that's gotta be a a conversation you have to have with like your wife, you know, like, and just prepare her mentally for what it is and just, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work, man. It really, really is. And it's just like, you have to be into it. That has to be your cup of tea to be able to do something like that. I think the easiest way to put it, Anthony, is just you have to build a six pack in your mindset first before you do that, because there's going to be so much adversity, just like that. You're going to have to have mental toughness, um, build up the EQ and that's what you want to do then, then amazing, but just be prepared that you better build that six pack in the mind before anything. Yeah. The mental strength to get there and all, you know, they say, but then, six packs are made in the kitchen not the gym you know how true yeah. would you say that's a true statement i mean i um, when, when i was coaching people i i really wasn't 
on the fence of like, kind of like that, that kind of analogy is almost like when somebody I hear commonly says like 80% of your results is nutrition and 20% is like training. And I, I don't think there's any percentages. I, we were very heavily invested in like the scientific literature and not once did I ever see a scientific paper that said a percentage of your results comes from training or nutrition, right? I both, I look at them as two tools in your toolbox. Yeah. You have to be hundred percent with training, hundred percent with nutrition, and that's how you get results. Yeah, because I do think I hear that a lot, that 80-20 thing. And it yeah. kind of annoys me as well because <laughs> you know, when, when you look at this, they're looking at calories deficit of, of a day, but they're saying that run, you only burn 200 calories every year or whatever. But the thing is, you know, when you run, then you speed up your metabolism and your fat burn them over the rest of the day. And who forgot about that bit, you know? So I think you're right, like that both are 50-50, I think, you yeah. know? Yeah, they, yeah. They say you can't run a bad diet, but you have the combination of both. Then exactly. You're doing, you're doing well. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like where you hear somebody where it's like they don't understand like the calorie balance equation, and they'll sit there and be like, "Well, I just went on keto, or I went on intermittent fasting, and that's what was that's that's what did the results. That's why I lost twenty pounds and finally did it." And it's like, no, it's not. It's because <laughs> you're in a calorie deficit, and for some reason, you're able to sustain that diet compared to any other like quote unquote name diet out there. You know? So. Yeah. And you know, the thing about you're talking about the intermittent fasting and the keto and things like that, right? Um, I, I, I have, it's, I've had success with the time restricted diet myself. Now with this podcast, what I've, I've said to you, I, I'm going to try, I tried the vegan diet, talked to a few vegan professional athletes. I said, I'd try it for a month, see how I feel kind of unbiased and see what it is. And I said, I'd do the same with the intermittent fast and last September. Um, but I never came off it. Um, but when I have clients nowadays, I don't push that on them because I think, like you're saying, some things work for different people. Some people get their results. Uh, I know some people are lactose intolerant or can digest food differently or whatever, you know. So I don't push it on people. So it is, like I, I do find success with the intermittent fasting, but um, I don't think it's for everybody either. I think it's not important. Like, is there any the food routines you go through yourselves or you just watch your food? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you said too. That's what we used to do with our clients, you know, like coaching thousands of them, like over eight years, like we, it was called conceptual integration with nutrition, kind of what we taught, you know? Um, and that was basically like, if you want to go keto, if you want to do intermittent fasting, if you want to do paleo, if you want to do high carb, low fat, you know, those are all concepts, nutrition concepts. But as long as we set a calorie balance and, and put you in a deficit, then, you know, you could sit there and use those concepts and intertwine them in your diet so that it's sustainable and you can follow the diet. You know, that's mm -hmm. what I really love teaching on there. Uh, for me too, though, I would say, um, I love flexible dieting to where it's like I'm counting my macros and my calories. That's worked out really well for me and my clients as well too. I just feel that it works great for my lifestyle. And then I've played around with like incorporating intermittent fasting with it to where I don't really eat in the morning and then I'll have like two or three big meals like, you know, throughout the day or I play with meal frequencies up to like six, seven meals per day. And now I only have like three with one snack. So it's a constant experiment just really what kind of you just uh, can see yourself doing for like days, you know, months, weeks, years on end, you know? Yeah. I think really quick, just to add to that note, like for the listeners that are just wondering, you know, what should I follow? And it's just like, I'm, I'm always going to say, you know, test things out, you know, see what works for your lifestyle. Right. So just go off the acronym, what's called REF. R-E-F, find something that's realistic, that's enjoyable, and that's flexible, that's suited to your lifestyle. And like he said, that you're going to be able to follow for the long haul and understand that it's going to be more of a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Well, you know, funny you said that, you know, the, the R-E-F, because, um, like, I, I do say to you, look, if you want to count calories, I wouldn't advise it all the time. You know, maybe get that, you know, that my fitness pal, and do it for a week or two. And realize what you're eating and you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out then more as you go along, you'll, you'll start to log it in your own mind. But as well, it, you know, when I, I want to get your take on this. Okay. Because the way I train people myself, I do it lower intensity with higher consistency. So my, my idea is that I'm not going into the lactate threshold or over that. And um, they're not burning out. They're not in bits the next day. And the idea is that if I see them on a Monday, they're able to get out for their walk or their jog on a Tuesday and then they're fresh for Wednesday when we come again and they get out more. But what, what's your thoughts on that? Is that a good way to continue for the long haul? I am seeing some results, but then again, I'm not doing this that long. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of, have you heard of auto regulation training? No. So look into it. Um, Mike Zordos and his lab are big on it. Eric Helms and them are doing a lot of big stuff, but it's um, basically just 
it's called auto regulation and it's like a, a fancy term for just managing your fatigue intensity wise, right? Just like what, you said, it's RPE, like rates of perceived exertion yeah. and RIR repetitions in reserve, yeah. you know, and it's just overload. managing is it progressive overload stuff, is it? Oh, there's yeah. still progressive overload for sure. But I mean, it's just a way to manage your fatigue and that you don't go to failure. You don't burn out. You don't get injured. So for an example, like of what it is, let's say you're doing a squat one day um, and you go in there and you have four sets of maybe 10 reps. You set the RIR, which is repetitions in reserve from like a three to five range, right? And if you have a one range, that means you're going almost to like complete failure, like maxing out. If you have a, a five or six range, that means you're stopping about five to six reps shy of failure. So you want to look for like that, that sweet spot, right? And if you do that consistently, it keeps volume higher. And we know that volume from what the data says that that leads to muscle growth and helps a little with strength gains too. But it manages your fatigue to where you don't get injured and you can keep doing more volume over time and thus, you know, you get better results. So I, that's what I really like. I used to use it with my clients and I still use it on myself with the big lifts too. Yeah. Because I do know there's, I can't remember his name now, but there's a guy from Iceland. I know that a lot of tr athletes train the 80-20 rule where it's 80% somewhat easy and 20% hard. And I mm -hmm. try and do that myself, you know, with the slower, easier runs and then maybe 20% interval training or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Because I remember I'm, I'm a qualified strength and conditioning coach and I remember in class asking, what's the benefit of max, one rep maxes? I don't get it. And they said, well, if you never go to your threshold, you never extend your threshold either. And I guess mm -hmm. it makes sense. I guess that's what you're, you're talking as well. Yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. But I know as well, you two, well, you have a master's in fitness nutrition, don't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Sports, yeah, sports nutrition. nutrition. Now I don't want to say like, it's not nutrition, just specifically from sports nutrition. Yeah. Is it? So that just means like for performance when you're doing sports that that's exactly cool. yeah mainly just for for athletes any type of you know those that are in sports i mean obviously we could use it for you know bodybuilding just fitness any type of thing like that yeah but to be to be honest anthony like man like i think um our sports uh, our masters was literally learning under lane and like eric helms and the other these other coaches for eight years that was almost like doing a phd in my opinion like learning under those guys like firsthand cutting edge stuff because the year-long program we did for the masters and sports nutrition like we already knew all that stuff, you know, and we've been already working being practitioners with clients to where it was just like, if you had asked me if I would have done it again, I wouldn't do it or I wouldn't even refer it to somebody, you know? So that, that's kind of like my take on it, you know, just nothing, nothing replaces the in the trenches, like hands-on stuff and then learning from higher level mentors, you know? Yeah. And you, you came, you, I've heard you saying before that you, the mentors was the really turning point in your, in your work. Like what, how, what made you decide to go that route or, um, or why was it so beneficial? Yeah, I think just because we, we finally just got to that point where it's like, you know, we, we felt like we were stuck. And it's like, you know, it's like, how do we get to the next level? I think that, that life and business and whether it's physical mindset, everything's like, it's like a game, right? How do you get to the next level doing this? And we just needed outside eyes. You know, we needed someone to guide us and see all of our blind spots that we weren't seeing and to really just kind of like help us like pave the way and not make all these mistakes going forward. Mainly we're trying to buy speed, right? That's what, you know, mentorship and, you know, uh, coaches do. They help you buy speed. So um, that's really what it came down to is just, we just wanted just to really learn from just like high level pioneers, learn the skill set, you know, master that craft and just continue to get better. But we wanted to accelerate the process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And what about like, so say you're, you're teaching clients now, how do you make time for your own routines to keep yourself on peak? Because I know you could be training someone whose fitness level is far below yours, so you might be getting the benefit of doing it along with them. So how do you manage the time to stay on top of your own stuff? Yeah, right now, so we're not doing any more coaching for like fitness. So that's something that we stopped doing. Um, I want to say like a year and a half ago. So it's all B2B coaching with personal trainers and fitness professionals. So we have a great program where it's like a group coaching model. We do like, you know, group coaching calls a couple times a week. So for the most part, Chris and I, you know, are able to sit there and free up our time and just like whenever we want to go to the gym, you know, we just schedule that in our schedule. Um, so that's pretty much how that works. Okay. So that, that leads you to maybe you're, you're doing the Dynamic Lifestyle podcast also. And is yeah. that also kind of, I've seen some clips of it giving advice for different professionals like this. And what made you just go that route? Yeah, I, I think that uh, we, we were in a mastermind three years ago. Um, I don't know if you know who Ty Lopez is, but we were in his uh, mastermind uh, for a year. And that's what sparked up the, the whole thing about a podcast. Yeah. You know, so they had that was the beauty about that mastermind is they had people there teaching about podcasts and how to set it up fast, right? Again, speed, 
speed and accountability because you paid a lot of money to be in this mastermind. So it's like, you better get something done and take action. So that was the beauty of it. And we just came up with this idea, the dynamic lifestyle podcast, because we really, our life is centered around the four pillars, health, wealth, love, and happiness. So that's what the whole dynamic lifestyle podcast is around health, wealth, love, and happiness. And just, we're just curious guys, just like anybody else. We're students of the game. We want to get 1% better and learn. So what better to start a podcast and learn from some of the brightest experts and minds around the world to be able to ask selfishly those questions and be able to give back to, and, and have a platform for that to serve people too. Yeah. And you know, you say you're students of the game. So like, do you think we're, we're, everybody is still a student of the game in terms of, you know, we're, we're discovering new things every year, kind of, you know, different, uh, genetics and abilities and different ways of training even now like think of how long people are doing sports if we go back to boxing as the initial sport hundreds of years ago or maybe thousands of years ago you know like isn't it interesting like even the top guys that people are mentoring off are still in a sense students of the game really mm-hmm. you know and i guess technology is speeding that up a good bit isn't it like you now you can strap I know your, your own heart rate monitor on you which would have been only something the doctors could do 20 years ago you can get it for $30 or 40 pound or whatever, you know, and you can see your metrics and you can see your stress levels afterwards. You know, you can nearly, if you know how to read it, you have a big step up now. It seems high tech kind of, you know, if you have an older client or something like that, you're saying, well, you're, this is your resting heart rate and this is where your, your heart rate zones are. But really we're also students of the game until the next technology comes out, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I, I would say that too, it's just um, being a constant student, you know, just, you got to ask yourself a question, you know, like, what do you want to be great at? You know, what do you want to be the best at? And if you have that mindset and you keep working at every single day, you know, maybe one day you won't be the greatest, right? But maybe you will be right. But that pursuit of trying to be the best every single day, putting in those reps and sets and trying to be the best at something. I mean, man, that's going to open up so many doors and that's just going to lead to so many other things that you didn't think was possible because of that pursuit of wanting to be the best and having that hunger. Yeah. And I think what, what being a student really does is like, if you have the mindset of always trying to, you know, get 1% better every single day and really just focusing on that one day, you know, not the past, not the future, being present that day. How do I get 1% better mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? Imagine how much that can compound over the days, weeks, months, and years, how much more wiser you can get, how much more EQ you could build. I mean, people just don't look at it like that. And if you just looked at the compound effect and just saw the bigger picture, I mean, you'd make so much progress overall as a person. It's a great way of looking at it, isn't it? Even if you're saying today, I'll just do that little, even if it's just 10 meters more, yeah. I'll be yep. that one Absolutely. extra rep. But you know, exactly. it also develops your mind strength as well, doesn't it? They say, you know, you go to the gym, you lift weights and you're, you're like biting off a little more that you can chew and you develop yourself and you get stronger, but same thing as your mentality, you're pushing through your barriers, same thing as running, when you're under pressure, your body gets used to dealing with that stress or strain, and it carries on to lifestyles, these things, you know, you relieve your stress and you're able to take on more. That's the way sometimes I look at it, how it's beneficial to your mental side of things. Oh yeah, yep, oh yeah, well put. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you had the, your book actually, um, what was it, uh, The New Era of Fitness, so yeah. you, you, what, what was the, like, you must have looking around thinking, wow, there's so many bad trends here. Or there's so many bad um, mistakes people are making and they're pushing it out there. What were some of the biggest, because I know, did you say eight proven habits that will help that? Yeah, that's a great question. Like our vision for that book, The New Era Fitness, it was four years ago. And this was like really at a time where like, personal development was starting to get really kind of like heavy, the trend of that, you know, and Mm -hmm. we saw where the puck was going and just a lot of people weren't talking about fitness, you know, as a form of personal development and just like self-help, which it truly is, you know, it's, it's mind, body, soul. That's what it really comes down to. So we saw that and we were incorporating like lifestyle practices, mentality practices to our clients, coaching programs. And it just wasn't the sexiest thing to market because a lot of people were still very like resistant about it. They weren't open to it. And now it's a completely different story. Nowadays, it's, it's all about that, but like fitness and mindset and all that <laughs> stuff. And we saw where yeah. it was going. So that's why we wrote that book. And, and mainly what it consisted of was five different pillars. So like, you know, incorporate flexible uh, nutrition, flexible training, uh, mindset, build habits and tie it all into a lifestyle. So that's why we wrote that book because we truly stood behind all those five things within, uh, you know, exercise and nutrition. And we didn't want to look at it as black and white and under a microscope. Yeah. 
And you know what's funny now, I, I find, you know, we're doing a bit of uh, mountain running. Uh, me and a friend of mine were in the Irish Mountain Run Association last year. And turning up to these things and seeing 60, or you know, people in their 60s flying up down mountains ahead of you, you know. Uh, I really think that, you know, people are starting to learn how to extend the longevity of their runs. Because I think even 15, 20 years ago, people were like, don't go running on the road. You know, you'll have bad hips. You'll be, you know. But everyone now ha can get their feet scanned. They can get the new technologies for runners, you know, the boost systems and all yeah. these kind of things that are. You know, sports science has come on such a strong way. Yeah. Longevity of people. Well, first of all, their their organs and all are much healthier. You know, we don't have the generation of the beer gut is gone. I suppose you know, <laughs> most people's fathers in their thirties or forties had that big, you know, stomach. You know. Yep. <laughs> now everyone's kind of most people you see now are now. I know it's probably different in America because I know there's a different. Um, I don't know if they have much higher obesity rates probably and different stuff in their food and that. But yeah. most younger people you see are kind of out there hitting the road. And then if they're not, then they're asking themselves why. And it's become such a big thing. It's almost as important as work now, which is great. You know, a friend of mine says it should be more important. You know, you wouldn't be late for work. Don't miss, you wouldn't miss work. Don't miss your, your run. Don't miss your work. Yeah. And it's yeah. trying to, that, that idea is coming to the forefront is more, isn't it? Like people are more prioritizing their health when they're seeing the benefits of everybody else getting out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they have to, and, and just take, take the, the pandemic, for example, right? I mean, that's really opened up people's awareness around immune health and just overall health. Like you said, longevity, it's like, who would have thought a virus of all things would have done this to the world? So now, of course, people are more aware of that, you know? So yeah. there's blessings and there's blessings and curses with it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at those stats they put out, I don't know how like, you know, accurate they are it's like most of the people that you know unfortunately passed away from like covid was because they're like morbidly obese they had like these pre-existing conditions right older uh, elderly el elderly i mean that comes down to health so if that's not a wake-up call you know to put health at the forefront then i don't know what is you know yeah maybe it will be because you know i don't know what what way you have seen it but i know some people have got out and started had more time to look at their own health and got out and started running. But I think most people have probably put on weight since the COVID and they're isolated and they're sitting on their couch and they're, you know, that, yep. that boredom have nothing to do is when people go to the fridge or go to the press and pick up the snacks. And um, have you seen that more people have had a negative effect on their physical fitness I think it's, yeah, it's a great point that you bring that up. I think it goes both ways, but I think a lot of it too is like depression. You know, a lot of people are very depressed right now in that state where it's just a lot of uncertainty, especially over here in the States. I mean, we have the election coming up for a new president um, in the next couple of weeks. So there's so, and there's another, there's another thing of like talk of like another wave hitting and shutting us down. So there's so much going through people's mentalities right now to where I think depression is like one of the number one things. And what do they do? They turn to like, you know, comfort foods for dopamine and rewards, and alcohol, alcohol. I mean, lack of exercise. It's all going to just compile. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, like it's, I like to think on this podcast, you know, helping more so than helping someone beat their new 5k. I'm, I'm trying to get people off the couch who, who I think a lot of people, when they get to that depressive state and they get to a certain weight, they think they're gone too far or they're too old or whatever. But like, like I said, seeing the 60, like I have to give a shout out to my own mother who's in her 50s who started running this year and now she's training half marathons, you know. And But I think, you know, that's great, you know, that, but I do think that people, you know, if it's hard to motivate people, once they get out once or twice or get into some kind of routine, then they see the benefit and they're, the chemicals yeah. release and they, you know, they're much more positive in themselves. And any, any of your own advice towards them people who might be listening? Somebody that's maybe facing depression or just like in a dark hole like that? Yeah, kind of like looking for that extra bit of motivation maybe to get Yeah. I mean, man, I mean, like my best advice is you got to get around people. You know, they're going to uplift you. I think that's the, the fastest and the, the best way is just get around people that, you know, are just uplifting good energy that are going to encourage you, not bring you down, not blame everything and play the victim role like about the pandemic and what happened. Just uplifting positive, like-minded people. I think that's where you start because 
that can compound, that can have a snowball effect, you know, to be like, okay, well, let's go for a walk. Okay. Let's go for a walk. Okay, okay. Let's go eat a healthy lunch. Okay. That starts with healthy lunch. Let's go to the gym a couple of times. It just starts kind of like compounding that way. I mean, that's my best advice, you know, like just for that. Yeah. I think too, just even like doing like what's called a self audit, you know, like a self audit and identity audit on yourself. Like just really just like go deep, you know, just do an entire brain dump on like, you know, like being aware of like, what's triggering this? Like, where is it coming from? Like, what kind of past trauma do I have? You know, what's going on like in my life right now that I can control, you know, you have to really identify what's really going on. What are my surroundings? Like, you know, like, where do I feel like the most like unfulfillment at? And the thing is, a lot of people don't want to sit there and do that because it's uncomfortable, but it's like, you have to slowly peel back layers in order to really identify that and really just understand what's the root of the problem. How do I sit there and take care of this? And again, it all starts with just that one day, right? How do I sit there and win that one day and get 1% better? Yeah. That's what the, the psychologists say is the dragon, isn't it? You have to face the dragon or else. It'll yeah. You, you yeah. Know? yeah. But you know, it, it's so funny because, you know, in, in different countries with different environments, I know different environments, what I mean is that, you know, we have different people around us who can be a positive force and, they say you should surround yourself with people who want the best for you as well. I think that's a, that's a Peterson line. I'd be a fan of it, you know, of that. But I think, you know, that regardless of, you know, what we do differently, like in different countries, my different schooling, different churches, but this, this fitness thing is universal to everybody, isn't it? It's just, you just eat the same, you know, you eat healthy foods, you get out, you, you ex- expand your body, you put yourself under pressure. It's, it's everybody, no matter where you live, it's the same message, isn't it? It's just get out right. and do it. Right. Yeah, it really is. And just really go back to your point. Um, I did an Instagram post uh, today on this on just like the importance of your surroundings and like just as the older we've gotten, you know, we've wanted to just be more low key and just keep our circle smaller and tighter, you know, and, you know, you can still be respectful. You can still sit there and be transparent and authentic, but not everybody, you know, deserves to be in your circle and, you know, be at the same seat and table with you right? If they don't sit there and bring value to your life or, you know, they don't have the same, you know, um, interests, right. To where it's good positive energy. So I think people need to be more aware of that too. Just, you know, really be aware of who you're around. Like if you're around people that are going to excel in fitness and have good health habits, it's going to rub off on you. Same thing. If you're around people that, you know, are trying to make more money, see money as an abundance, that's going to rub off on you too. And look at money a different way instead of a scarce mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is interesting. They do say, you know, um, if someone is a negative force in your life, no matter who they are, you have to separate yourself from them. Yeah. It might sound a bit ruthless, but, you know, it's, it's to move around people. It's not an improvement over one, really, isn't it? You yeah, don't it let really them is. Don't let down as well. And it might sound that way, but if they're no good, it's, it's, it's the way it is, isn't it? Maybe they'll change and figure it out. And yep. if talking about people in your close circle, you two being brothers, but also business partners. I'm sure you see each other every day. You know, <laughs> must have a serious relationship, not to be arguing or smacking the head off each other every day. You know, how does yeah. that work? Is there a lot of arguing? Yeah. It's, it's fun, man, to be honest, but it's like, it's a lot of people don't know this pandemic when it hit, um, you know, Eric moved back to Northern California for like a little bit over six months. So I was here with my fiance in Los Angeles for six months uh, because we had a lease and we had to stay there and it was tough. It was a tough time. That was the first time where we kind of just were away from each other, trying to run the business, pivot the business, figure things out. It was, it was a challenge. It really, really was. Um, But it's fun. You know, like I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know, to be by this guy every day, kind of just like in the trenches of the business and, you know, growing together and, you know, serving people like through our podcast, helping out our fit pros. I mean, all that stuff and just, just growing in life. You know, again, going back to being students and getting 1% better every single day. But there's times, trust me, like where we get on each other's nerves and, you know, we, we talk crap to each other here and there, but it's just like, we get over it though really quick, you know, <laughs> and what really helps us out, Anthony is like our Monday uh, meeting that we have really set an intention for the week. Like what's the goals, like sales, like what do we have to really do for marketing, social media plan? Like we have to interview these people. I mean, that sets the intention to where it's like the communications there and we know exactly what we're doing for the week. Yeah. Okay. The, the move to Texas, that wasn't a big Spotify deal or anything, was it? No, or <laughs> no, I wish. I wish. <laughs> That'd be cool. Maybe yeah. one day. <laughs> maybe a double mint, uh, maybe a double mint gum twin commercial or something, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. We were talking earlier about um, your father. He was, uh, he was a harsh, but also a good influence in terms of discipline. Um, and I wanted to ask you both in terms of, 
your own personal influences who have been the biggest influence personally on your own life it's a great question uh i think for me i would say obviously yes my father um and it, I, I had a life coach probably about five years ago so i was you know he, i think he really opened up my mind to just more about the personal growth aspect and working on the mindset stuff so he was a huge influence in my life and then obviously just other mentors that we've had, you know, just all throughout kind of like our life, like just like, like I said, Lane Norton, um, Eric Helms, you know, uh, Ty Lopez, um, Mark Lack. I mean, there's tons of people that have just really influenced us and really just showed us a bigger way to think and play bigger in life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and is there any kind of, you know, if you're feeling unmotivated, is there any certain music you hit on yourself or any one media guy you go to personally for a bit of motivation or if you just remember the stuff you were taught? Yeah, that's a good question too. And like, I, I like to think of myself as always, I'm always going to be the content producer, not the consumer. Yeah. So I try to minimize as much content as possible because I'm really trying to stay focused, but I have my go-tos like, like, like my five go-to people. Um, I really like, um, Patrick bet David. I like Joe Rogan, obviously, um, David Goggins. He's really good for inspiration, motivation. Um, Brene Brown, she's really good. Um, gosh, there, there's a lot of people. Tim yeah. Ferriss is good. I mean, yeah, I would say too. Ed uh, Milet, there's Ed Milet's a lot really of good, good people. And then um, I've been studying a lot Russell Brunson. I don't yeah. know if you know who he is, Click Funnel no. guy, but reading all of his books, like literally going through his books, I'm like, I'm probably not going to read another book besides his books for probably the next six months. I'm literally going to read them over and over and just really study them that hard because it's just like, he's so good. He's so good with all this stuff. So yeah, I would say too, with what Eric said, all those people are really influential and we look up to and really pumps us up if we're having like a crappy day. We're kind of um, leading into the, the truth part of the podcast, which is the, the more spiritual side now. And the reason I, I call it truth, part of this show is, I suppose, a large part of it has been based in Christianity kind of from, and that's from my own experience. And I, I guess I probably wouldn't be doing it if I didn't go down a certain path or a certain path didn't find me in a way. And a faith is a very big, you know, influence in my life. I think it's, it's kind of, you say lifting the scales in my eyes a little bit um, in mm -hmm. terms of maybe being a bit materialistic in the past or maybe uh, not doing everything I could to help out people. Um, okay maybe focusing too much on the career like you said sometimes you can be a bit selfish with your time i do think of fitness sometimes you do it be a bit selfish with your time still to produce results and i remember an uncle told me that years ago sometimes to get to that next performance level you have to take that hour or two out to do your your works or whatever but i think i was the opposite way you know i wasn't into the fitness um how important is faith in both your lives is it something that you know i have people on who who might be atheist or have pull their influences from maybe their children or from different aspects and have nothing to do with faith. But where do you stand on that? Yeah. I mean, I'll take a stab at this. Um, you know, like faith and spirituality has been, um, one of those things I've been lacking for a long time and I'm still trying to get better at it. Um, you know, we were, we were raised Catholic and we used to go to church and that was a big thing our dad um, liked us for, to do and all that. Um, I lost my faith when like he passed away. Yep. Because again, I was playing the victim role, you know, saying, why me? Why this happened to us? I didn't really understand it. Um, but now I'm trying to renew my faith and I'm Catholic per se. I've done my, my first communion, but I resonate more with like Christianity. So I've been, you know, with my fiance going to a Christian church back in LA and like now we're in Texas. Once we get settled, I plan on going to like a Christian church as well too. And I just love it. I just love it because it, it gets me ready for the week on a Sunday. Um, I give thanks and you know, grateful for everything that I have and, you know, all that type of stuff. So yeah, I would say that's kind of where I stand with it. And it's just something I want to just keep, you know, getting better at, you know, with the spirituality side of things and the faith thing. Yeah. And for me, I mean, pretty close to what he said, but I don't even like to label myself as like a religion. It's just me. It's yeah. more about just like just abundance and just like energy, right? That's really kind of what I'm seeking. And I think that that's some form of spirituality and I don't know what to call it, but um, that's kind of just kind of what like just really makes me just like interested in all that. Yeah. I think like I resonated a good bit with it where we were born or raised Catholic, even though, you know, my parents don't practice it now and I found some flaws in it. You know, I was kind of a couple of years ago was faced with, uh, I kind of had a crossover where I said, but this, this must be true, but I don't believe, what's happening in the Catholic church. And I don't believe everything they're saying. And it really made me delve into a lot more. 
And that's why I would lay myself more Christian and Catholic, like you were saying as well, because I found from reading the book itself um, that I found much more sense there. And it gave me, like you said, much more gratitude. Um, like when I get into bed every night now, I say a thank you for my health, for yep. my partner's health, for my two kids, you know, and I don't take it for granted. I, um, I, my friends, my family, I'll say a prayer for whatever they're going through. I think that's nice as well, even if, like you said, you don't label yourself as a religion, but you still are grateful for them things and appreciate it. Yeah. I don't want to miss times where, like, I used to work way too much and then do college at night, and I didn't. I missed it probably a lot of my my son, who's seven now, a lot of his early years and his milestones, maybe. And uh, you don't get that back, really, you know. So I think being in it now and realizing that and um, has that's it helped me an awful lot in my life and that's why i'm doing this and i think the aim is people benefit from hearing ye as experts and uh, we'll get something for it and positivity and motivation and yeah. from there you know absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and there's stuff I, I know obviously you've gone through a lot of loss and adversity from a young age do you think it has shaped ye as men to who you are today or would you have still been the same men you are no, I mean, I think 100% it's shaped us who we are. Like, that's always a question we always like talk about is like, how would life be if like our father was still around? I don't, I don't think we'd be doing what we're doing right now. I just don't, you know, and that's just kind of the the cards we were dealt and the opportunity we were kind of blessed with, you know, with a tragic loss like that, you know, turning our mess, our, me, our messes into our messages and helping people out. You know, that's truly what I feel. You know, I don't know if Eric has a different stance, but yeah, I mean, I agree with what he's saying too, but I think again, there's, it's a double-edged sword, you know, it's, it's really impacted our lives, you know, and it's caused a lot of trauma and a lot of things that, you know, I, I look back at, I'm like, you know, I, I don't think that was a normal like upbringing or, or lifestyle that, you know, a 18 to 24, 25 year old had, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, wow, like I wish I would have an experience to go to a college and move out when I was younger, you know, and not have to be there for my mom, not have to work a full-time job straight out of like high school and stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of things, but again, it's part of our journey. And, um, you know, I, I think that I still have like a higher power faith and, you know, it's all for a reason. It's just part of the book that's being written. Yeah. I think as well, you know, as tragic as it was, it happened to you is, you know, it makes you more relatable to people who, Maybe yeah, I've yeah. gone through that and, you know, that the fact that you are so successful in what you're doing and in the limelight, that maybe they'll resonate with that. There's people who, you know, have had losses or, and can see how you bounced back or how you made, you molded yourselves from that almost. Um, Definitely. I think it's, it's a great, it's a great message. Not, not that it's a message, but like you said, the mess from the messages. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one of my mentors said your greatest gift lies where your deepest wound is, you know? So that was definitely probably one of our deepest wounds. And it's like right now, like it's just, it's one of our greatest gifts because the relatability and the story behind it and to be able to motivate and inspire people. Yeah. That's a great quote actually. Do you have any big projects coming up this year? Ooh, has- you know what, right <laughs> now, yeah, right now, Anthony, the, the main focus is just getting settled here in, in Texas. And, you know, finally we just got our, our house, which you know, that took some time and we're, we'll be moving in there next Saturday. And then, um, yeah, like Chris and I have big, big plans to like really build out like a entire like production room, a media room, take the, the podcast to the next level, just production videos. I mean, we have a lot, you know, that we want to do, but right now it's just literally just staying focused with all the craziness going on in like America right now with like the election, the pandemic and really just winning the fourth quarter. Like that's really what I want to do. And I keep telling to my students, Stay focused, win the fourth quarter, control what you can, don't stress what you can't, and then let's come out of this on top in 2021. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's like everyone has the, the, the pandemic, but you have the, the uh, election as well. That's another side of things, isn't it? Like, yeah, oh man. It's, celebrity politics here, really. You know? It's a mess, yeah. it's a mess. I don't, I don't even like getting into it, but it's a, I say it's a, it's a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't even know enough about it. Like, I, I tune off deliberately because it's such, it's like a celebrity, show wasn't it thrown yeah watching WWE <laughs> years ago or something you know yeah yeah now what about just before we go would you have any couple of key messages that you'd like to some parting advice for people and any of the listeners yourself while going through this COVID yeah I mean uh what I would kind of end this with would be just uh for you to 
to learn the skill of being still, stillness, right? And the best way I can kind of explain that analogy wise is think about when you go to like an ocean, right? There's a rock there in the ocean and the waves are splashing the rock against it, right? The rock is super still. It's not moving. It's so focused. It's, it's unapologetic about being there, right? So you're the rock and you have to be still right now with all this stuff going on and the waves that are coming at you is everything around the pandemic, right? All the things you're being tested at right now, like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So to understand the skill of being still right now during these times and just being focused and doing the things that are important and canceling out all the bullshit stuff that's going on out there. I think that's the greatest skill you can have right now, especially going on. Yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll touch on fear because I think that a lot of people are in fear mode right now, um, including myself a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so if we, instead of being so fearful of everything that's going on, like I said, going back to controlling what you can and not stressing what you can't, try to reframe your mind to look at fear as like a guidance, right? To where there's so many hidden opportunities and all these little things that you quote unquote fear that, you know, if you can overcome that and look at it as guidance, you might come out the other end in a more positive, you know, just situation. It might, you might come out with a better mindset, be more abundant. You might be more fulfilled in certain areas that you never would have thought, you know? So try to look at fear as almost like a form of guidance right now. And don't look at it as such a negative aspect, more of a positive thing. If that makes sense. Sure, who's, was, who's, who's was better, Anthony? who's stronger <laughs> oh, oh, cer- certain lifts we got each other on certain uh, lifts yeah, he's got me on some upper body movements i got him on some lower body uh, that's the politically correct answer <laughs> <laughs> um, look guys i think it's it's great you came on i haven't been doing I, i've put the podcast on hold since june with all this code but it's really nice and refreshing that uh you've come on with the positive messages in the middle of the whole thing. I'm delighted you just came on and really happy talking to you today. And look, I'm going to put a, a couple of links to your sites and your book in the below in the description and have this up in the next couple of days. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you so much for having us. This yeah. is great. And uh, yeah, send it to us and we'll be happy to share that out. Thanks, Anthony. No problem. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. All right, Anthony, have a good one. Same to you. Thanks. Okay. Bye.